0: Is the strength of His people. He is the saving refuge of His anointed. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Amen. So last week, the liturgical calendar in the church celebrated during the week the feast of Saint Mary. She is the mother of our Lord, who, without a man, as you know, conceived and born the Son of God in our flesh. By God's grace, Mary believed and humbly welcomed this good news of Christ. You hear it every year during the Advent season. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Of course, today in our text, it's very big contrast to Mary. The Canaanite woman who is before Jesus She was not highly favored for the idolatry practiced in her land. The fruit of her womb was born in sin like the rest of humanity. And her daughter even had possession by a demon. However, she too, by God's grace, believed and received the promise of good news that would be for all people as the angels sang about in Christ's birth. Another image sticks out when you think about this from the Old Testament. It was Jacob who wrestled with God at night. This man, by God's grace, was given that name, Israel. He was the father of the tribes of that great nation who would later bear his name. What a contrast to this Canaanite woman who wrestled with Jesus before a group of people, and it was right out in the midst of the day. She came from a race that was an ancient enemy to the Jews. Her land made her a foreigner, but also meant one of those people against the living God. Ignoring all social, political, religious, and even sexual anxiety, She still came to Jesus. Maybe she heard how he had fed the 5,000 within that area, kind of, with so little food and yet there were leftovers. Maybe he'd be generous. The demon possession of her daughter, as you know as the text ends, was no match for Christ. It was done and over with in one verse. He came to battle the darkness. But what happens when that battle exposes our great need? Be assured that even greater gospel is for you as it is for any. There was already a losing battle with the Canaanite woman against the darkness. Not hard to figure out. We do not know how her daughter became possessed, but the land she offered, we could say, had Plenty of options that would invite such a possession to take place. Without the true God and his saving word, there was only captivity in that land and a battle beyond the strength of men. All comfortable options were exhausted. They're no good. And so like any loving parent, she faced what would bring her discomfort maybe even shame. Who knows where her husband was, or if she was even married, but I can tell you this, she was alone, and without anyone else to help her. Either by the news of Jesus and his great miracles, or maybe knowing some of the scriptures of like what Isaiah had promised about the Messiah, that for those dwelling in the region, And in the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. The only option left was Jesus. And she cried out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, Son of David. While children of this world curse God, and even want to befriend darkness, as we know today, that would go against God's good law, it only leads to a deeper captivity. Without the word, nothing is safe, and the devil takes hold of sinners, not just to trouble their life, but finally to mock God. The Canaanite woman teaches us that the darkness is greater than issues of social, political, or racial strife. I mean, those are all real things. The news will keep reporting on them, and we'll keep talking about them. But it's much deeper than that. While the disciples out in a boat, as you know, cried out at night last week over Jesus walking on water, this woman in daylight tells us what to say. When there are no other options, turn and pray. Have mercy on me, O Lord, Son of David. Mercy is what we need when all other options fail. But who anyone cries to for that mercy matters most. If it's to men, You might find not much mercy in this world nowadays, or any man can only give mercy so much and for so long. But Jesus, she got right, because he is the Lord. His word has power, and as the son of David, with that power comes his kingdom. And so, having to cry out to Jesus, put this woman into the crosshairs of her own great need. You would expect, by the other ways Jesus had helped, that such crying out would be answered very quickly. He did it before. He should just do it again. But no and figure his silence of not speaking lasted a lot longer than the way we hear or read that text. Speaking no word was a word, and it's an answer that was no good for that desperate mother. The disciples wanted resolution, not for her sake, but so she would go back into the darkness from where she came. We don't like those kind around here. Just give her what she wants and let her drift back into that darkness. Miracles were not for convenience, especially when they were kind of jumbled up in their own sin. And Jesus affirms to his disciples that God was for Israel and the Messiah promised to the Jews. Such a privilege had the disciples' pride. And this bias spills over still today, doesn't it? In the New Testament church. We don't want those people because of how they dress, how they talk, how they look. It all can happen very easily, just like with the disciples or my family origin the length of a church, my German heritage, or whatever it is, it's very easy to have this happen. When Jesus centers Israel on himself, on the one who was sent for God's people, it redirects everything to the right faith that sees his kingdom come with grace. Because let's not forget, for as privileged as they were, the Old Testament is riddled with God's people who weren't so great, and so His kingdom of grace came for them, and it was coming now, before them. And so, before those speechless disciples, because I had to, you have to imagine when Jesus said those words about it, about it's only for Israel, they kind of were like, "Well, He's got us there." But the woman took advantage of that silence to speak. Lord, help me. It asked for the crosshairs to be aimed at her. Even that wicked word that Jesus was speaking to be aimed at her, and Jesus fired away. An even more offensive word came, how the children's bread was not for the dogs. There was no disregarding or lowering God's care over his people of old. It was all true. And yet Jesus came to battle the darkness, right? Instead of praising entitlement, privilege. He left a gift for her in his words, and his aim was not a lost cause. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She was a smart lady. She heard something in those words that most would not hear. She didn't need all that God gave Israel. She didn't even want all the glory and all the heritage. Nope. The crumbs would be sufficient for her and her family. Can we make this claim when it seems God is saying no to what we ask or face in life? Can we be so bold to cherish the cross? Leave it to the dogs, right? Those unlikely outsiders to give assurance of the greater gospel. I mean, Even my dogs, I have to buy a higher table because they put their head on that table. But even my dogs have taught me that they can wait for a long time just to get a pancake, a little sliver of a pancake that I make on Saturday morning. They haunt my wife the rest of the week. And so mercy, mercy makes out better than other claims, which is to know then the value of the crumb. We, with delight, Jesus says, O woman, great is your faith. This was not found in Israel. It wasn't even amongst his own disciples. An unclean Canaanite had an encouraging word. Did you catch it? He said, O woman. It's how Jesus addressed his own mother, Mary, when she came and asked him for help. Jesus' battle is to cast out the mockery that's against God and against men. And she who came from a distance found healing for her daughter regardless the distance. That tells us something, that the power and authority of Christ and his kingdom reaches out to the ends of the earth. You don't even need to see it all to know it's at work. As Jesus exposes our great need, so he does give an even greater gospel. Such great faith also came to the disciples, but only after the cross, only when they were emptied of all that privilege, all that glory, when it was gone, their hearts were ready to hear good news on Easter Day. Peace be with you. God's Son, cast out of Jerusalem, was the Father's will. And it was a will to justify a sinful world. The sacrifice of Christ destroyed the darkness, and none needs to be an outsider, lost or alone, to his or her own sin, death, and the devil. We have no privilege like the Jews. We think we do as Americans, but we don't. And we're very late to the scene compared to this Canaanite woman who was a Gentile just like us, the outsiders. But Christ's kingdom does something very special. It elevates the dogs to be children of God. Baptism holds up this promise to believe the gospel has gone out to the nations, which means any who have been baptized, we look at them in a far different way against all the social, economic, and yeah, racial precedents that could be in this this culture or world. Baptism speaks a better word for us all. Mercy from Jesus is to value Mm -hmm. the crumbs of his care, rich in forgiveness and salvation. He even brings his table from heaven down to earth earth to eat with and in him before our great needs. And so Jesus came to battle the darkness. You get that? The text starts out this way. Jesus ends into a dark area. The text ends and Jesus casts out the demon. That's pretty, pretty simple. In between, there's a lot going on. That's the stuff of life even when the the disciples held to divisions that were no good. A Canaanite woman in her suffering set the terms that made no claim. Can we do this? Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Israel Messiah has enough abundance for all, even for you. Be assured, an even greater gospel is for you and any, not just out there in other churches, but here in this church, and how we treat them matters, because it matters to Jesus and what he treats us with, with his great mercy to us all. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, Comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Amen. At this time, we rise and confess the one true faith this morning in the word.